It's time for Logan's Run with Ron Logan, Teresa Rice, right here on KCXL 102.9 FM at 1140 AM. Ron's got a lot of great stuff to throw at you, and so does Teresa. So without further ado, let's go to the phone and see what's on their minds. Hello, Ron and Teresa. Hello. Hey, hey. This is Ron Logan of Logan's Run. I don't want to scare you people, but uh, we're just a day away from the end of the Mayan calendar. And if the poles switch and uh, a comet lands in California, we all may be dead meat. Uh, then again, they say there's a new system on the other side. Well, of course, anything would be better than what we have here. But on the matter of health, we are a sick and dying race. We do need help. Uh, the book of Ezekiel, which is an apocalyptic book, does foretell that the leaves of the trees shall be for the healing of the nations. You can read that at Ezekiel 47:12. Sounds like herbalism to me fortunately uh, nature sunshine the largest most renowned herbal company in the world offers a helping hand over 10,000 people in 47 nations sign up each month to start up and maintain a home-based business that pretty well insulates their families from the economic disaster that faces all of us if this uh, nature sunshine scenario strikes an accord with you well give us a call at 816-587-4484. And be persistent, because I'm under the bed, and the wife has to throw me the phone. That's 816-587-4484. Well, folks, it's high noon. It's time for a shootout. Not at a school with defenseless kids, but with a dragon called the American Dairy Wheat and Meat Council and Big Farm. I've got a sidekick to take my back, and she's a crack shot, Teresa Rice, a certified iridologist, herbalist, nutritionist, essential oil specialist. And are you with me, Teresa? I am. I am. Good. Good. Uh, Last week, we mentioned the ten golden rules of health. And uh, if we follow those golden rules, we pretty well will come out successful in this, I think. Dr. Jack Richardson listed those years ago. And anybody comes in our establishment, we give them a copy of this. What does it look like, Teresa? Well, it's a one-page thing, and and what I like about it is uh, when you look at it, it has this animation. It has you know ha- has the three monkeys where it holds its eyes, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. But I think a fourth one should be added to this, and it's the monkey that's holding its stomach, and it's like it's holding its mouth kind of tight, where it's trying not to let anything out of its mouth, and it should say, eat. No evil. And Dr. (laughs) Richardson had come up with the ten golden rules of health. And one of the things, actually the very first thing on the list is stop putting poisons into your body. And one thing, Ron, that we really need to avoid is gluten. What is gluten and why do we need to avoid it? Yes. A lot of the uh, shows uh, on KCXL, uh, the good speakers we have, very knowledgeable on this. And they have mentioned it time and again. And we want to mention it again. Uh, in fact, uh, I might refer to the Scientific American of uh, August of 2009. And that uh, a terrific eight-page article occurred, uh, occurred there uh, on the surprises from celiac disease. 
these people at the University of Maryland did believe that gluten was that uh, terrible a force in American society. They went to disprove the fact that gluten was harmful. And their study showed, and the first page of that article shows a, a big piece of bread with a mouth carved on it, uh, turning down on both sides, and two eyes carved in it. And it says uh, the study of this uh, showed it was fatal. It was potentially fatal to eat it. So as the, uh, uh, the article progressed, it told us why. Now, I was at a meeting in um, last year in Salt Lake City, and Dr. Rodier, the head of the State Bo- uh, Board of Healing Arts of the uh, state of Utah, an MD, read this article verbatim, all eight pages, to 3,000 of us naturopaths gathered there and to show that we were at least 60 years ahead of the medical system in finding this out and denouncing it. And it was a, a terrific article. And it uh, did show uh, that uh, they went down there with uh, tubes and pipes and cameras to try to disprove the fact that gluten is harmful to you. And they proved that it is. In fact, they showed pictures and diagrams in the article of the villi of the colon shrinking, uh, flattening in the face of contact with gluten from our bread. And then uh, they found that this disease was a hundred times more common and worse than what they had thought. And they admitted it in there, and it was a diagnostic discovery. Uh, In fact, uh, as the article went ahead, it showed why it's so bad. What is wrong with wheat today? Well, the history of wheat is very interesting. We might go into a little of it later on, but, uh, you know, for thousands of years, uh, there was a type of wheat that uh, was not that prolific, that didn't have a heavy head on it. And einkorn is the type of wheat, the original type of wheat, they believe. And uh, the DNA of it was very simple. And then it got uh, hybridized with another uh, part, uh, or uh, grass. And uh, that went on for several thousand years. But in our lifetime, it has changed dramatically. They have hybridized the death out of it, and it now is all it is is just endosperm. All it is is gluten. They have removed the germ, and uh, in the chemical companies of Rockefellers and others, they have changed that so that now uh, they own the seeds. They're like Joseph in Egypt, who owned the seeds. All the world had to go to Joseph to get uh, grain, and today they have hybridized it into a uh, terminator seed. It grows once, and the farmer can't take that and plant it again. They have to go back to the seed companies to buy seed for the planting the next year. So in this sequence, of course, they own the world because the real value of anything is in the seeds of the plants we eat. So they have um, hybridized this to the extent that all it is is gluten. It's a wad of glue. It's good for wallpaper paste, maybe a doorstop, but you wouldn't want to eat the stuff. In fact, uh, they have diagrams in the article showing what it does. Uh, Not only does it flatten the villi of the colon, they shrink in the face of this acidic uh, formulation, uh, but the uh, M cells at the base of the villi 
exude a mucus or a mucin to coat over uh, the lining of the uh, intestine to protect it from the onslaught of gluten. And uh, with this coating now on there, they don't absorb much. This flattened villi and the mucus on top of it, plus the gluten, uh, makes a pretty good uh, plugging up uh, situation of the absorption value of the, of the small intestine. And now, even if we eat well, and we eat what we should, we still don't get it. because, And that's how uh, awful this is. I mean, it is terrible what it's doing to Americans. And we find that at the base of so many things is this gluten sensitivity. It's not that uh, uh, there's certain people are sensitive to gluten. It's hard on all of us. It has its action because uh, the germ is not there. If you remember, in Genesis 1.29, God told Adam and Eve to eat uh, the vegetables and fruit. He said, all green things with its seed. I give that to you as your food. You read it for yourself in your own Bible. But we have forgotten that expression, with its seed. So we have developed seedless grapes, uh, seedless watermelon, seedless this, hybrid tomatoes, hybrid this, hybrid that. Now we're growing up race of hybrids. In my office, about every week, I get kids in here that cannot have kids. Uh, they have spent considerable money trying to become pregnant, and they can't. And they are, they're, they're in a state of crying, you know, because, over it. Uh, I think it's a good thing. People pay a lot of money to get out of this, but, you know, uh, but they're young and they're dumb and they want kids. And so uh, we talk about it. And I said, now look at you. Your head and shoulders bigger than your parents. You look good. There's nothing wrong with you. It looks like on the outside. But you see, uh, the last man I had in here like that, the young man, 23 years old, had never seen a grape with a seed in it. Of course, the DNA, the RNA, are in the seeds. They're in the seeds of plants. And that's why God told us to eat them. And without that, you can't replicate. Pretty soon, you're a hybrid yourself. So we are raising a great a race of hybrids. They look good, but they have trouble replicating. And so the race would end itself by disobedience of God's commands. Pretty soon, it would end itself. But I think we're going to have an end coming before that reaches that extent. Uh, somebody else higher than that is watching and so uh, we have here now a, a real problem, uh, wheat, a uh, basic uh, food uh, of mankind with no germ. And so uh, this theory that this uh, uh, is behind all autoimmune diseases in general was initially greeted with great skepticism. The University of Maryland scientists did not believe it, but they went down there with tubes, pipes, and cameras, and they showed us exactly pictures and diagrams of what's happening here in the August issue of 2009 of Scientific American. When that hit the newsstands, a lot of people understood more clearly what is happening to them. <clears throat> this glue that uh, contacts the bowel causes the villi of the colon course to be, become encumbered and shrunken, and uh, what happens is the B cells... Uh, from your bone marrow, they're called B cells, that's half of your lymphocytes, uh, and your white blood cells that course through your lymphatic system, attacking bad things and breaking them down and hauling them out. Uh, these B cells from the bone marrow 
exude Y-shaped proteins called antibody A. And antibody A primarily protects our mucosa of our GI tract from outside uh, bad things because anything that comes into you isn't part of you until it comes in through that mucosa of the intestine. And now as it enters you, it becomes you, and you have to deal with it. But the Y-shaped proteins, antibody A, tries to protect you from some of this and keep you from ingesting some of this in the first place and attacking those things that might be deleterious to you, and that's what are your immune system's all about. Now, these Y-shaped proteins do attack the gluten, intrinsically knowing that this is bad for you to glue up your bowels, and so it attacks the gluten, trying to break it down, get it over the liver, get rid of some of this, but in the attack of the gluten, it also eats up some enterocytes or some of those cells that make up your bowel wall. And they are eaten up because uh, the constituencies of them are similar to gluten. And uh, when they eat up these enterocytes, now you have a leaky gut on your hands. Now what comes into you easily are the uh, undigested protein acids, really vile poisons that come from much animal protein usually and they have names uh, there's 36 of them they have names the world college of surgeons listed these 36 undigested protein acids as the basis of all 4383 diseases they then listed these were the top doctors of the british empire years ago and they uh, called some of these by the names of indoles and scatoles and indicans and indicens saffrols, hydrogen sulfites, albumins, creatinins, putrescins, cadaversins. You get the picture. These are sepsins of different types that now can enter your body and create a lot of havoc, and they are very poisonous. One teaspoon of, say, indican or cadaversin could kill you in three and a half minutes, writhing on the floor in great pain. And now with a leaky gut, these things can come into you and uh, cause their destructive forces to really bring you down. Now, this is why uh, it is uh, an involved situation, and we need to know how it works. So that you'll need to know why you have to stay away from these glutenized things that we have out there on the shelves of our grocery stores. This is important. And uh, so when the uh, University of Maryland saw what was happening, they had a sidebar in this um, article, why replacing wheat is so hard. Because gluten is uh, a major reason that wheat-based baked goods are light and airy. They smell good. Uh, the gluten strands trap water and carbon dioxide gas from the yeast and leavening agencies, and they expand. And it makes the gluten uh, full of gluten coarse. Uh, it looks like a cream puff. Our bread looks like cream puffs. Remember the Empress of, uh, of uh, France saying, let them eat cake? Well, the recipe for our bread is the same as cake without the frosting. So, of course, you're going to eat that, and you're going to look like Pillsbury Doughboy pretty soon, because you are what you eat. It explains why gluten-free foods have a hard time rivaling their gluten-containing counterparts for taste and texture, because it turns into sugar in your mouth, and it's light and airy, and people love this stuff. They're stuck on it. And we are taught from childhood, oh, cream of wheat is so good to eat that we have it every day, you know. Well, this goes on and on, and we are, uh, of course, so imbued with this idea, and it's in ground so deeply in us 
that when we speak of flour, we're talking about wheat. But that's not true. There is other uh, forms of flour. There are a lot of flours. There's quinoa flour. There's amaranth flour. There's spelt flour. Uh, there's rice flour. And there's uh, flour that makes uh, these breads, like, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Rudy's bread that you can buy at any high V and hen house. Rudy's bread is made of tapioca starch. It's a different flour. So all flours are not wheat. And so uh, we have uh, been in a, so imbued with this idea, so overwhelmed with it, that even uh, when you go to, you get to a sandwich shop, they'll ask you, do you want white or wheat? <laughs> well, white bread is denatured bleached wheat. That's what it is. So they're asking you if you want wheat or wheat. Do you want denatured bleached white wheat with molasses in it to make it brown, make it look better? Or do you want just straight old bleached uh, denatured wheat? That's the choice you get. And uh, if you go down to the grocery store, you'll see an 85-foot aisle. I measured the other day, and nothing but wheat is there. They have words on them like potato bread. They have uh, rye bread, but it's not really rye. It's 60% wheat, 20% rye, and the rest of dough conditioners and, and uh, sugars and junk to preserve it. In fact, six allowable sulfates are allowed in our bread today, which is deadly. Read your labels, friends. See if it has sodium metabisulfite, or anything with S-U-L-F or S-U-L-P-H on that label. You'll find it there, and that's a preservative. It'll also preserve your gut through Armageddon. It'll, it'll really paralyze your GI tract. Stay away from this additive known as sulfur. We find, as iridologists, uh, don't you see that, uh, uh, Teresa? We do. That's we see it in, in the yeah. iris of the eye. Usually you'll see, like, uh, the orange or the red that's in the eye, and the autonomic root, uh, wreath is also affected by it. Yes. And she's talking about the vagus nerve that yep. appears in the eye as a ring in your iris. The vagus nerve is a very important nerve. And we find that in most people it's discolored with sulfur, the color of sulfur, a uh -huh. yellowish-brownish color. Yeah. Even in a blue eye, you see this taint in most Americans. Now, that's not allowed in Europe. I was just uh, over in Switzerland for 18 days, and uh, their bread is better. It's only 20% gluten instead of 80, like ours. And you can eat some of it without snotting up so bad. But our bread is just deadly. There's no bread out here on the commercial uh, bread aisles, you see. You have to seek this out. You have to find those better grains. We have them available. They're in health food stores, and now they're in the organic sections of your big uh, grocery stores. Uh, seek those out uh, because they're much better. See if you can't get into the gluten-free uh, aisle there because that is so important. This is a terrible force. And now when Dr. Rodier read this to us and uh, why... They won't denounce the wheat uh, like they should because the American Dairy Wheat and Meat Council is supported by our taxes, and they support the medical colleges with their grants. So as the regular doctor tells you, eat whole wheat, eat whole grains, of course, to most Americans, that's wheat and oats. 
and both wheat and oats have been hybridized to death. There's nothing but gluten left in them. So either they're ignorant, they don't know what's happened to the, the wheat and oats, or they're malevolent. And uh, they can't denounce it because when they do, the whole house of cards collapses. And our finances are below Guatemala's. It's in the dirt. And so they know that. And so they cannot, uh, they have to support the wheat industry. And now, uh, here's one of the therapies that they give for those people who are uh, glutenized and have this terrible force working. It says, start a hookworm infection in the patient. The parasites dampen the host's immune responses in the gut. Oh, wow. I wouldn't want it. Isn't that something? Uh, From the Princess Alexandra Hospital on across the United States, Australia, and uh, Canada, they're putting hookworm parasites into a capsule, giving it to these poor people with gluten sensitivity, and the parasite uh, lobs off one of those villi of the colon, sucks blood and nutrients for three years, lays 10,000 eggs a day. And now when, of course, you get so much pain, you fold over, and you bleed through the rectum, and you throw up, uh, the doctor can whack out your whole GI tract, put a bag on the side of you, and you're their slave for life. And that's what they want. So big farm wins, and they're in cahoots with a big food industry. And uh, so I, I, I want to warn everybody that walks into my place, get off the wheat and the oats. Uh, read your labels and get out of that gluten uh, stuff and do it now. And the quicker you do, the better you feel. Immediately you begin to feel better. And now uh, sometimes uh, we have some uh, uh, herbal uh, formulations that really help on this. You need to rebuild the villi of the colon. Uh, there is a combination of herbs called intestinal soothe and build. Nature Sunshine has that. And what's in there is interesting. It's uh, slippery elm, marshmallow. Did you know that marshmallow, was uh, or sweet root, was chewed by Abraham Lincoln as a kid? That was their dessert for poor hmm. people. It's mentioned in the Bible five times. It's a good herb. It's something we should know about. It's the mallow that grows in the marsh. And in 1904, at the, the World uh, uh, Expiration, uh, they had this uh, uh, big meeting in St. Louis uh, and uh, exposition there. And uh, there they invented three things. Uh, they invented um, the World's Fair was uh, the invention of uh, ice cream cone, and the hot dog sandwich and uh, the marshmallows. Some wag found that he could take the white of an egg, beat it up with cane sugar, and make a ball out of it. It was very sweet, and they called it marshmallow. So nobody ate marshmallows again because nothing is that sweet uh, as uh, sugar and uh, mixed in with the white of an egg. So uh, there, the, uh, at that point, Americans were the healthiest people in the world. And uh, now I go to the World Health Organization and give the statistics, and we are the sickest people in the world. We are number 78, really, in the health parameters of the world's nations. It's embarrassing to read those statistics. So here we have intestinal soothe and build. I have one in my hand. It has this wonderful stuff, the original marshmallow in there, which is very good settling for colic in babies even. 
and to restore and rebuild the, the, the villi of the colon. Slippery elm, full of sodium. And since the GI tract is a sodium organ, sodium and potassium cross each other in the uh, lumen of the intestine, and they fire against each other and causes peristaltic waves. God's quite a chemist. Sodium and potassium are your big electrolytes here. And if anything goes wrong with that gut, and you're just a 28-foot gut tube is all you are, walking around with a few things wrapped around it to make it look good. See, so if you make that gut tube healthy, then everything falls into place. There's where we have to strike first. And so when you put uh, slippery elm and marshmallow and something like plantain in with it, you know, if you see these weeds out in your yard, and you pick that plantain is a is a terrific weed. It's hard to root out of there, and uh, the leaf, if you pull it apart, it seems like it has a a, a rubber consist consistency to it, and it does. It, it's a five percent rubber actually. The American government made rubber out of that during the war when uh, the Japanese took over the rubber plantations down East Indies. Why they they went to making rubber out of that. So it does have that consistency to to put this elasticity to your bowel and correct it. Nature Sunshine sells that. It's very cheap, and you can order that and get a 42% discount even uh, in the ordering of it. You, I'll tell you how to do that. But that's one of their wonderful um, healing agencies that can fight this gluten sensitivity and this wreckage that's uh, been going on in Americans' bowels and small intestines for a generation. So Now, uh, Ron, you, now, you mentioned that that the gluten wreaks havoc on our colon and our body, but what about the negative impact on our brain? Well, it's, uh, that also messes with your brain. Mm -hmm. It messes with your bowels, but your bowels, of course, is, uh, is where all the nutrition comes from. Let's face it, small intestine, uh, the nutrients that come through that thin wall there is what affects us all. That's what we live on. And wheat's effects reach the brain in the form of opiate-like peptides but the polypeptide exorphins responsible for these effects come and go they dissipate over time but they do cause your brain to instruct you to eat more food increase your calorie consumption that's what these exorphins from uh, uh, gluten does uh, these are reversible you stop eating wheat and oats the effect goes away the brain tends to recover but it, wheat's effects just don't end there. Uh, it's quite disturbing to see the wheat effects of those exerted on brain tissue itself, not not just on thoughts and behavior, but on the cerebrum, on the cerebellum, and the nervous system structures themselves. Uh, and the consequences range from incoordination to incontinence, from seizures to dementia. And unlike addictive uh, things, uh, these are not entirely reversible sometimes it's very difficult to reverse them and uh, 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 of people with unexplained ataxia that is uh, no other cause can be found uh, for uh, a treatment for ataxia uh, by the way we might explain what that is imagine if I was to blindfold you and set you loose in an unfamiliar room full of odd angles nooks and crannies and randomly placed there and put objects there to stumble over, within a few steps, you'll probably find yourself face first in the shoe rack, see. 
Well, those are the struggles of uh, these people that have cerebellar ataxia. Uh, these people struggle with their eyes wide open. These are the people you see using canes and walkers, stumbling over a crack in the sidewalk that results in a fractured leg or a hip. Something has impaired their ability to navigate the world, causes them to lose control over balance and coordination, and functions, functions that are centered in the region of the brain called the cerebellum, the back of the brain. The majority of people with this ataxia, they go to a neurologist, they have their condition uh, uh, called idiopathic. That means we don't know the cause of it. No treatment is prescribed, nor has the treatment been developed. The neurologist simply suggests that a walker, uh, removing potential stumbling hazards around the home, <clears throat> discussing adult diapers for the urinary incontinence will eventually develop. That's what he talks about. But cerebellar ataxia is progressive. It gets worse with each passing year until the sufferer is unable to comb his hair, brush his teeth, go to the bathroom alone. Even the most basic self-care activities will eventually need to be performed by someone else. So at that point, the end is near, brother, as such extreme debilitation hastens complications like pneumonia and infected bed sores and things like that. About 23% of the people with celiac disease do have nervous system involvement. I think that that estimation by the doctors is very low. Uh, 20% of all those who have ataxia have abnormal blood markers for gluten. And uh, no other cause, if, if, if they find no other cause for ataxia, no other cause is identified. In those people, 50% have abnormal blood markers for gluten. But the problem is <clears throat> the majority of people with ataxia uh, triggered by wheat gluten have no signs or symptoms of intestinal disease, uh, no celiac-like warnings to send the signal that gluten is at work here. So the destructive immune response that I mentioned with the antibody A attacking the gluten is responsible for a lot of diarrhea, abdominal cramps of celiac disease, uh, and this can also be directed against brain tissue. These antibodies enter your body through the leaky gut and go in there and start eating up uh, the systems of the body that are similar to gluten. It eats up parts of your uh, thyroid, causing thyroiditis, Graves' disease. It goes into your... Uh, joints, eating some of those uh, up, and you have rheumatoid arthritis, <clears throat> you have MS, you have all these diseases now that are uh, called uh, immune diseases. Your body's own immune system has gone awry. But friends, remember this, <clears throat> that God made your body. He made it perfectly to do, and is programmed to do everything right. It itself does nothing wrong. It's only responding to what you did. So if you overload yourself with gluten, and which is, of course, against the fourth law of eating, which variety is, we'll discuss that later on, and you eat wheat all the time and every 15 minutes, this gluten-brain connection underlying neurological impairment was suspected way back in the 1960s. Uh, we knew it. It was happening. It was thought to be due to nutritional deficiencies because of the uh, active uh, uh, deterioration of the lining of the small intestine caused by the gluten. 
But more recently, it has become clear that brain and nervous system involvement results from a direct immune attack on the nerve cells. This uh, anti-gliadin antibody triggered by gluten can bind to Purkinje cells in your brain, They're cells that are unique to your cerebellum. Your brain tissue, uh, like Purkinje cells, do, don't have the capacity much to regenerate. And so in addition, in addition to, to uh, uh, loss of balance and, and coordination, wheat-induced cerebellar ataxia can show such odd phenomena as uh, uh, oh, nystigmus. Nystagmus is a lateral involuntary twitching of the eyeballs. You've seen people do this. You see myoclonus or involuntary muscle twitching and even chorea, a chaotic involuntary jerking motion of the limbs. One study of 104 people with this cerebellar ataxia revealed impaired memory, verbal abilities impaired. Uh, wheat-induced destruction is involving uh, cerebral tissue the seat of higher thought and memory. And the typical age of onset of these symptoms and where you can tell it is about 48 to 53, right along in there. And an MRI of the brain, uh, when you take that, 60% show atrophy of the cerebellum, reflecting this uh, destruction of the Purkinje cells. And uh, so uh, most people simply stop getting worse once they uh, stop the flow of gluten. They can't repair things and now they're left with this poor capacity of brain tissue that can't regenerate. Now, such uh, the medical community continues to embrace the notion that wheat is good for you. And most of them do that. The doctors on, on this radio don't. I'm glad to hear. And it, is, it takes a well-informed neurologist to make the diagnosis here, even, of this uh, uh, danger and this injury to people. The diagnosis may rest on a combination of suspicion and positive HLA-DQ markers, they call it, along with the observation of improvement of the person when he gets off the wheat and the gluten. The painful reality of this cerebellar ataxia is that in the great majority of cases, you won't know you have it until you start tripping over your own feet, drifting into walls, and wetting your pants. Once it shows itself, your cerebellum is likely already shrunken and damaged. Halting all wheat and gluten ingestion at that point is only likely to keep you out of an assisted living facility. And all of this is due to the muffins and the bagels you so crave and lining up at Starbucks. There's a parallel condition that occurs in the nerves of the legs, the pelvis, and the other organs, and that's called peripheral neuropathy. In other words, something wrong with your nerves out there in the extremities. It's not in your brain or central nervous system. It's out there in your legs and, and hands and feet. A common cause of peripheral neuropathy, of course, is diabetes. Uh, blood sugars, you know, high blood sugars occur, and high insulin, insulin is corrosive. It eats the little arteries down. It eats the capillaries. They give way. They can't feed the nerves. The nerves reduce sensation. They begin to, to be damaged and uh, diminished control over blood pressure and heart rate as uh, reduced sensation. I mean, diabetics can step on thumb taps and, uh, attacks and not know it. And uh, sluggish emptying of the bowels and of the stomach. Uh, that's diabetic gastroparesis, they call it. A lot of manifestations come along with this nervous system going haywire, and all of it, the basis of that is gluten-induced peripheral neuropathy. 
and the average age of the onset of that is 55. The majority of sufferers don't even have intestinal symptoms that suggest celiac disease, and that's what's so sneaky about this. Peripheral nerves have limited capacity to repair once the offending wheat and gluten are removed, with the majority of people experiencing at least partial reversal of the neuropathy, but it injures them for life. In one study, there's a study of 35 gluten-sensitive patients with peripheral neuropathy, and they were positive for these anti-gliadin antibody, and 25 of those participants on the wheat gluten-free diet improved over one year. They improved greatly, while the 10 control participants who did not remove wheat and gluten continued to deteriorate. So these formal studies are coming out now, uh, studies of nerve conduction uh, they're performing, uh, demonstrating improved nerve conduction in the wheat and gluten-free group and deterioration in the wheat and gluten-consuming group. So if you want to protect your nerves, friends, get out of bread. Get out of that kind of muffin eating and pasta and uh, crackers and all the various forms of this gluten. Uh, this loss of sensation to both legs, along with poor leg muscle control, is the most common. And they have a name for it. It's called sensorimotor axonal peripheral neuropathy. Uh, less commonly, only one side of the body was affected, and they called it asymmetrical neuropathy. Thousands, millions of people are being affected this way, and it's deadly. The autonomic nervous system that's a part of the nervous system responsible for automatic functions like blood pressure, heart rate, bowel and bladder control, now is affected. And that's even worse, I think. Uh, some people are losing consciousness, becoming lightheaded while standing up due to poor blood pressure control, inability to empty the bladder or the bowels, inappropriate heart, rapid heart rate results. Uh, high blood pressure is a plague in America, and most of it, they just call it idiopathic. We don't know what causes it, so they're just going to give you a drug to try to drive it down. <clears throat> Peripheral neuropathy, regardless of how it's expressed, is progressive, and will get worse and worse unless all wheat and gluten is removed from your diet. But uh, when you consider it, nothing is sacred when you talk about this subject. Not your cerebellum, not your cerebral cortex. Well, it can't read your mind, but it sure can influence what goes on inside of it. Actual brain damage is possible, as seen in cerebellar ataxia. But the cerebral cortex, the center of your memory and your higher thinking, the storehouse of you and your unique uh, personality and your memories, your gray matter, can be pulled into this immune battle with wheat. It results in encephalopathy or brain disease. And so uh, uh, gluten encephalopathy uh, will show many of the same balance and coordination symptoms as those that occur in your cerebellum. Uh, in one particular disturbing study that Mayo Clinic just did of 13 patients with a recent diagnosis of celiac disease, dementia was also diagnosed. And of those 13 uh, their frontal lobe biopsy, now they went right into the brain and took a portion of it, or post-mortem examination of the brain, failed to identify any other pathology beyond that of wheat gluten exposure. That was it. 
The most common symptoms were memory loss, the inability to perform simple arithmetic, confusion, change in personality. Of these 13 people, nine of them died to progressive impairment of brain function. Fatal dementia from wheat. That, to me, was a disturbing study. It was a little one. The Mayo Clinic made it clear what was happening. And one British research group that has, uh, to date, diagnosed 61 cases of encephalopathy, uh, including dementia, due to wheat gluten, is also available. So you can get that study and read it. But wheat is associated with dementia and brain dysfunction. Trigger, uh, it triggers immune response and infiltra- infiltrates your brain, your memory, and your mind. And many unanswered questions remain here. We know that. But what we do know is deeply troubling. I shudder to think what we might find next. Uh, Gluten sensitivity shows itself up as seizures, too. The seizures that uh, come on in response to wheat tend to occur in younger people, in teenagers. The seizures are typical of the temporal lobe variety. That is, it originates in the temporal lobe of the brain just behind your ear. Uh, People with temporal lobe seizures experience hallucinations of smell and taste, odd and inappropriate emotional feelings, overwhelming fear for no cause, repetitive behaviors like smacking the lips and hand movements, OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, and uh, of celiac sufferers from uh, 1 to 55 or 5.5 it is percent can be expected to be diagnosed with seizures. So that's a large percentage given the, the population. Uh, temporal lobe seizures triggered by wheat gluten are improved immediately after you get off the stuff. One study demonstrates that epileptics who experienced the, the much more serious grand mal seizures were twice as likely, uh, 20%, compared to 10% of the others, to have gluten sensitivity in the form of increased levels of anti-gliadin antibodies without celiac disease. They didn't they weren't diagnosed with celiac disease, but they had these antibodies. It's a sobering thought that wheat has the capacity to reach into the human brain and cause changes in thought, behavior, structure, occasionally to the point of even provoking seizures. Uh, so you wonder about these uh, uh, kids that shoot other people un- indiscriminately and have no sense of value of human life. That has a lot to do with it. Gluten is the component of wheat. It's linked with triggering destructive immune phenomena, whether expressed as uh, celiac disease, cerebellar ataxia, or dementia. Uh, Many health effects of wheat, including those on the brain and the nervous system, have nothing to do with immune phenomena triggered by gluten. The addictive properties of wheat, for instance, it's expressed over uh, overwhelming temptation and obsession of eating uh, bread and, and, and cakes and things like that and cookies, obstructed by opiate-blocking drugs are not directly due to gluten but to in- exorphins. It's a breakdown product of gluten. Uh, the component of wheat responsible for behavioral distortions in people with schizophrenia and children with autism and ADHD has not been identified, but is likely that this is due to wheat exorphins and not strictly the gluten-triggered immune response. Uh, 
if you can follow me there. There is at present no marker that can be measured to assess this exorbitant effect. Uh, but the non-gluten effects can add to gluten effects. And the psychological influence of wheat exorphins on appetite and impulse occurs independently or in combination with immune effects. So these wide mood swings and uh, this, uh, someone else uh, can accumulate visceral fat. They can show neurological impairment with, uh, from wheat. Others can become helplessly tired, overweight, and diabetic. Others suffer intestinal or nervous system immune effects. This tangle of health consequences of wheat consumption is really impressive. But the, uh, the world of the wheat brain has just started giving way to the light of day. Uh, the brighter light shines on it, the uglier the situation gets. So we encourage people to do this first thing on the rules of health, stop putting poisons into the body. And this is a major one, isn't, isn't it, Teresa? It is. It is a major one. That's why it's the first one on the list. Right. Now you have uh, a, a machine that helps to um, line out what a person needs to do in the face of uh, the deterioration of the American's health. Yes, and, and it's, the, it's the zytocompass. And what it is, it's just a, it scans the body, and it's kind of like a stimulus-response exchange, similar to like the lie detector test. It's simple and painless, and it's just subtle, energetic impulses that ask your body questions, and it, report, it records your body's responses. And we can give a readout, and it, and it has the nutritional recommendations, or we can do it manually, uh, we can do that, too, and that's through the uh, iris analysis. I see. Yes, yeah, so, so we both have that available, and that is amazing. Uh, this uh, information that you get from the compass is extremely valuable. It lets you know what uh, how your body is prioritizing different nutritional supplements or food choices. And uh, this Zyto technology, they call it, just revolutionizes the way we make decisions on uh, communicating with our body and extracting information from our body because a diagnosis is a, a rather uh, chancy uh, uh, occupation, you know. <laughs> it, uh, uh, there's so many false positives, false negatives to blood tests. and uh, But your body doesn't lie. And I, I like that expression. And the compass uses uh, the electrical charges in a galvanic skin response Mm-hmm. Uh, the computer is asking your body questions, and it is answering that way. It's like a lie detector. Isn't that amazing? It is. And it's funny, Ron, because when you look at Dr. Richardson's The Ten Golden Rules of Health, the second one is it takes five to seven times the normal amount of nutrition to build and repair than it does to maintain. And what we need is the supplements. Exactly. And, in fact, uh, the uh, newsletters put out by... Nature Sunshine, I give that to anybody that requests them. Uh, this latest one is on superfoods, nutritional superstars that uh, prove that food is your best medicine. And actually, that's what herbs are. You know, they're, they're just foods the Indians ate that uh, uh, many of them are bitter, don't taste good, but they're very good for you. And uh, given the, uh, that everybody is uh, in America is, is really... Uh, uh, fooled into thinking that good-tasting things are the only things they should eat. <laughs> uh, we need to eat some of those bitter things. And so Nature Sunshine encapsulated herbs, and they were the ones that invented that uh, uh, mode of getting them into us back in uh, 1972. And uh, they uh, 
and now are the uh, biggest, largest uh, company, and they're in 47 countries, and they are offering superfoods to the rescue. And here's some of them that uh, are available. They have Nature's Harvest, which I personally take every morning, a superfood supplement that contains 13 grams of vegetable protein from legumes, peas, adzuki beans, black beans, garbanzo beans, in each serving. And it's also loaded with nutritious seeds like amaranth, quinoa, flaxseed, chia seeds, dark leaf, uh, green leafy vegetables, spinach, parsley, kale, that people are not prone to eat, and antioxidant fruits like mangosteen and goji berry and blueberries. It provides essential fatty acids. It's got fiber. It's got 75% of your daily value for 18 essential vitamins and minerals. And it is vegan, it's dairy-free, it's lactose-free, it tastes great. You just mix it with water, but you can use it to make superfood smoothies uh, containing antioxidant fruits and berries, yogurt, nut butters, all kinds of things you can mix with smoothies, you know. It's a great way to make a quick and nutritious meal. People are in a hurry today, but rather than eat the junk or take these uh, uh, jack-ups that you would get from a truck stop that kill people, uh, take a superfood protein powder. Here's another one. You can use it in your smoothies. Love and Peas. Love and Peas blend contains 20 grams of nice assimilable protein derived from split peas and includes the whole food complex. It contains blueberries and pomegranates and broccoli and flaxseed and borage oil uh, for your fatty acids. It has uh, 75% of the DV of 18 vitamins and minerals. It's free of common allergens, dairy, lactose, gluten. It is certified vegan. And Love and Peas is excellent. Uh, Nature's Harvest is just top-notch. Uh, if you drink one glass of that in the morning, you don't have to eat again that day. Uh, you don't feel like eating. And your final superfood supplement that I'll mention today is Thai Gold. It's a potent mix of berries and superfood ingredients that so rich in bioflavonoids and antioxidants that is way above in the Thompson Laboratory they take the auric value of things. It is more than twice of any of the fluids out there, any of the juices that you have advertised. It has uh, of auric value. By the way, auric stands for oxidative radical absorptive capacity. So it will take care of more free radicals than anything known. It has mangosteen, grape, blueberry, raspberry, goji berries, acai berry, pomegranates, green tea extract. It's delicious tasting juice. can be consumed straight, mixed with water, added to beverages. I take a shot glass of it every morning, and uh, I'm rolling on to 80 years old now, and I can do back bends. I can do, uh, run the 880s. Uh, I don't need glasses. I have my teeth. Uh, I think that one of the reasons is that uh, this, I've been taking this for years. It's a certified antioxidant value, the highest of any antioxidant beverage on the marketplace. And it uh, costs less than $30 a, a bottle. It's very rich and beneficial in xanthones, which are particularly good antioxidants. So when we talk about uh, free radicals, of course, remember this. The next time you vote... You'd be better off to vote for an expensive conservative than a free radical. <laughs> now, but uh, here are a list of amazing superfoods. Uh, antioxidant fruits. 
uh, like blueberries, bilberries, known to reduce inflammation. Uh, you have goji berries, uh, lyceum or wolf berries, protect the liver from chemicals. You have a lot of these good things in Taigo. You have superfood number two, dark leafy greens. You can't get enough of those. When God told Adam what to eat, he said, I do give you green vegetation with its seed. That's how it's worded, friends. And so that is your basis of your diet. Superfood number three is rich, sulfur-rich alliums. That means uh, uh, you have uh, 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 garlic and, and onions and leeks. Uh, High-potency garlic is a great way to get the benefits of garlic without the strong odor. It's so powerful, you only take one a day. Uh, you'll chase your worms out. Uh, superfood number four, cruciferous vegetables. We have uh, terrific piles of these vegetables in Ultimate Green Zone by Nature's Sunshine or Nature's Harvest, that drink that I was mentioning. And they have superfood number five, nutrient-packed nuts and seeds. They're a powerhouse. Seeds are where the ultimate power is in, in a, a growth. Superfood number six is protein-rich legumes. And Nature's Harvest and Love and Peas uh, derive a lot of their uh, good stuff from the legumes. Wild-caught fish would be uh, good, too. It's a superfood with omega-3 fatty acids, and they get from the algae they eat in the ocean. Superfood number eight, fermented dairy foods. You can get uh, those... Uh, uh, good cultured dairy foods. And so uh, medicinal mushrooms are number nine. Number ten, have your sweet potatoes, yams, and winter squash. Your nutritious nightshades brings in number eleven. And number twelve is your healthy pick-me-ups, uh, green tea extract and such. All of these things can be gotten from Nature Sunshine. 816-587-4484. This is the number to call, and we'll fix you up, and we'll show you how to get these things wholesale. And uh, they also, if you want an appointment with uh, uh, Teresa Rice or Ron Logan, call this number, 816-587-4484. The uh, next uh, show we're going to have, we're going to deal with these rules of health, aren't we, Teresa? Yes. We're going to go into what else? Uh, um, the, the, on the, the rules of health, we still got quite a few to go, back, to go through on that. What's the second one? Huh? What's that second rule of health? The second rule is the one I gave earlier, Ron, about um, we need the five to seven times normal amount of nutrition to build and repair than it does to maintain ah, through the supplements. There. Yes. We're going to talk about that. And uh, a lot of people uh, are very stingy upon what they put in. When they, when they take a capsule of herbs, you know, they take one, think that's going to turn their life around. This is food, friends. You have to take handfuls of it. If you don't want to uh, eat bitter things uh, for your uh, health, then it might be best to take it by capsule. To take a few to get the job done. So we want to invite you back next uh, week at Wednesday we'll have another shootout and this is Ron Logan your happy iridologist saying adio for now <laughs>